Growing up in the hood, man, that's true when they say you are who you are around the most. Mm. The first five people you're around the most, that's who you're going to become. Prison is like a mastermind location, man. People of various people of cultures. You know, in the Federalist, you you locked up with people from Guam and India. You 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 national now. And this gave me a broad perspective on life. Life for me is waking up saying that, okay, today is gonna be a, a wonderful process because I'm not knowing what the life, what is gonna bring me as I leave out my door. Welcome to the Fathers of Greatness podcast. We are creating a community of men, fathers, and husbands who are pursuing greatness and refusing average. It is up to us to change the future, and it starts at home. Morning. Good morning, brother. How you doing? Very well, very well. How are you? Man, I'm doing great, man. Happy Friday to you, man. Yes, sir. You as well. I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely, man. Definitely honor, man. Absolutely. It's been a while. while. Absolutely, man. How the family doing? Really well, really well. Four boys. I got four boys and man, they're they're growing. I got two teenagers, 10-year-old, 7-year-old. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's uh it's busy. It's blessed. And you know, from the last time we saw each other, was that what? About 6 years ago? Man, at the first 10x, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. I'll never forget that. In fact, I'll share a quick story before we dive in. Uh, Robert and I, this is Robert Kennan, and uh, he's a winner. That's what I can tell you. But the reason I know that is because we were at a conference. There were thousands of people there, and there was probably 2,000 people in line getting ready to get in, and the seating was kind of first come, first serve. And we went to the back. And we checked all the doors in the back. Remember that? And we found one. We found one that was uh, supposed to be locked, but it wasn't quite latched. And we ended up hanging out there with a couple guys. And as soon as they opened the doors for seating, we snuck through that back door and we bolted right to the front. Absolutely. I I think that's a metaphor for life, man. You have to look for ways. You have to make it happen, figure it out. And uh, that's how I knew, you know, we were thinking the same thing. And and that's how I knew. You're a sharp guy, so I'm honored to have you on this podcast today. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you sharing that because I remember that vividly, man. And that's what connected us throughout that that experience. Right, right. And I think what we both believe is that God will show us things, but if we're not looking for them, we're not going to see them. A lot of people go through life and they're they're just negative. They're complaining. They want a breakthrough. They want opportunity but if they're not looking for it they're right. not gonna right right and i know you talk about that a lot so share a little bit with our listeners about kind of what you do now and who you are and then we'll we'll go back to uh your earlier years absolutely well like i say i give all honor and glory to god man you know for opportunities you know just to share my purpose and just to share my process man and uh thank you for the introduction of just knowing what seeds was planted to even be on the Zoom with you. Um, I'm Robert Kennedy, man, from Houston, Texas, from the south side of Houston. Now I stay out here in Cypress and suburbs, you know, just started this journey in, in real estate, man. Just before I started this journey, I wanted to see what can accommodate my lifestyle. 
you know, and and reading all these books, uh, Joseph, this is what got me in this business. You know what I'm saying? It's, it started the seeds. It started the process, you know, and I'm a guy that dropped out of high school at the moment, you know, just to pursue another career and, and other things and, you know, another life. But this real estate gave me purpose. It gave me passion. So now, man, I'm doing, you know, multiple different type of deals from apartments, mobile home parks. You know, I collect notes. I, I buy houses and, and, and owner finance houses to a ton of Hispanics. Um, I create that paper like the bank. It's like I'm like the bank. You know, I don't you know, that's one of my main strategies that I love because I don't got to fix up a house. I don't got to, you know, right. pay taxes. But I started out in wholesaling to even get to this end resort right here, though. Right. Right. You were faithful with the one thing and it led to the other thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's that's what started my process, man. That wholesale, I, I, I saw that I could be the middleman. And bring value to both parties, a motivated seller and a motivated buyer. And I connected those dots. And man, since then, I got a whole collage in my phone of my journey of, you know, when I started this business, Joseph, I started taking pictures of every check. Forget a wire. I need to see it so I can have some law of attraction process. And throughout this business, I just kept that model, you know, and just kept those personal for myself. And share share with people around me but you know I, I i started that because i said man if you can get out here and make this type of money now i got to turn this money into something that's going to start providing me something back for sure so yeah i love it i love it so you mentioned you you dropped out of high school so i would imagine at that age and that time you weren't dropping out of high school to be a real estate investor so what was your what was your mindset when you were 15 16 whatever age that was when you dropped out of high school, what was going on in your life at that time? Man, growing up in a hood, man, that's true when they say you are who you are around the most. Mm. First five people you're around the most, that's who you're going to become. And man, I dropped out of high school at that moment, at those moments to pursue a drug, drug dealing career. You know, I saw opportunity at those times in my demographics at that time. You know, because I saw people around me in my community used to have wads of money. Like, man, how do these guys get all this money, man? You know, I'm in school. You know, I'm looking up to my big brother them. So I'm like, seeing these guys, I'm I'm in high school. And they pulling up with 20s. And I'm like, man, what y'all doing? They said, man, we hustling. You know, and a curious mind, you know, going to indulge into what other people is doing. So I got into selling drugs, man, early. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. So, where, so, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you spent, you spent some time behind bars. Is that right? Yes. Yes, man. Um, at, at 22 years old, I actually made news. I got the newspaper article too. I made, I went to federal prison. My first time I was doing time went to federal prison at 22 years old. And at that time, Joseph, when I went to federal prison, I had five businesses. Wow. Five businesses and I didn't go to school for that, you know. Right, right. So I learned from OGs and people around me because once I got into this business of the drug dealing, I started, I elevated fast and I started hanging around people from California. You know, California is a little faster than Texas, you know, just as far as not saying they better than us, but as far as the fashion and, you know, it, it's just certain things 
have them a little bit elevated in certain ways. Um, sure. And I start hanging around guys that was 15 and 20 years older than me. Wow. And that's what kind of impacted my mind. Like, it was like, man, hey, man, if you're making this money, you got to buy businesses. You got to have some money to show. You got to watch that money up. Right. You know? So in the process of that, I bought a vending machine. I started a vending machine business where I had 27 vending machines in different locations around Houston where it was industrial plants where they needed to depend on my vending machine. And I had a jersey store. I had a barber shop. I had a car wash. And I had a record label that I was a part of that, you know, it was called Paper Don Records, you wow. know. And so, you know, I just was indulging, you know, want to keep my money flowing. And right. and this and this was the, you know, and I wasn't even taking it serious, but it was my vending machine was was prosperous. My jersey store and barbershop was prosperous. And it was just of me just having this thought process like, hey, these guys told me. I need to buy businesses. So I'm just, you know, you're going to listen to wisdom of the, you know, like I say, if you're around the first five people, that's who impacting you. So now I'm hanging with these older guys from California and they impact me to buy businesses, even though I'm selling drugs. Isn't it, so, isn't it fascinating that you had a gift, right? You had a gift of networking, hustling, hard work, whatever you want to call that. That's a gift. And for the first part of your life, you were pouring that gift into the wrong things but you still were using that gift. And so a lot of times it's about where are you channeling that gift, that passion, that energy? Where are you channeling that to? Are you creating more good in the world or are you creating more bad, really? And right. I think uh, thinking about that, it's, it's fascinating because I think people often just need a little bit of direction, a little bit of, uh, you know, surrounded by the right people to funnel that, you know, for me, it's like, I love people. And so mm -hmm. I, I loved people when I worked at Starbucks, but right. I love people even more selling real estate, right? Because Absolutely. Can actually provide for a, a big family and, and do some investments and things like that. So, man, that's a good point because I think people listening, you know, maybe hopefully, right. They're not, they don't have a drug selling business, but they might be putting their their time, their energy, their passion, and their focus into something that might be good, but mm -hmm. they could be doing something great. And so for you, when you came out of prison, was that the time that you had a mindset shift and you started pursuing other things? Or were you sort of back in the same the realm that you were when you went in? Man, that's a great question because... When did it shift? When, when did it shift? That paradigm shift came while I was in prison. You know, just think about it. When I went to prison, I'm 22, and I'm around prison. It's like a mastermind location, man. People of various people of cultures. You know, in the Federalists, you you locked up with people from Guam and India. You 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 national now, and this gave me a broad perspective on life. Now I'm like, hmm, this guy here with you know. 30 years, this guy here with, you know, life sentence. So I was wow. just seeing different perspectives of, of people. Then I ended up running into a, a person that I never would have met in the streets at the time. I ran into, I don't know, it was a big scandal down here in Houston called, it was the Enron scandal. It was a big old scandal where these guys embezzled, like it was an energy company 
these guys got a lot. It was a white collar. It was a white collar charge they got. But these guys, all these half of these guys, all the executives got locked up. I ran into this guy at federal prison who started wow. putting me. He was in my he was in my drug my drug class. Like the feds paid us to go to a a, a drug rehab class in prison. It's called RDAP, and it's, it'll take a year off your sentence if you go. So it's 27 people to a room. And he was in my class. And this guy took a liking to me because he always saw me with a book, you know, because wow. I, 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 just, I started developing, I, you know, I started reading books when I went to prison. That's why you see I got books all over. Uh, but I, I, I became started to pass time to stop stressing. I started reading these books. So as I'm reading all these books and getting out and visualizing all these stories, I ran into this guy in my class. And he the first guy that introduced me to, to expand more about the stock market and about real estate, you know, and he was telling me how he was sitting in prison and he still had all his real estate, you know, wow. and that I'm like, man, how you, you know, I, I got to be in question, man. Every time I see him, I'm asking them questions. Right. And that's what planted that seed, to be honest, man. That guy, you know, I saw him in prison working out. Um, his wife coming every every weekend to see him. I'm like, man, how do you get to, you know, he said, man, you know, real estate, it it it, it makes me money while I'm sitting here in jail. I'm just getting my body together, read more. And I'm like, man, I want to do that, you know. Right. And and at this time, Joseph, I was still young. So I'm writing a book about my life, how, how this happened. But I got out even reading all that information, meeting all these people. I got back into the drug game at the time. Wow. I got back in man, at that time, at those moments. And I see what God took me through all this process. Now, well, I ain't going to say he took me through it, but I had to go through it for him to reveal my true self where sure. I'm at now. Sure. And even though reading all these books, because a, a lot of people can read books, they be happy to say, oh, I read that book. But who actually implemented on that book? Right. You know, you right. see that all day on social media. They'll post the book. But who actually implemented and got and, and, and did what that book said? Not a lot of people would do that. So I was one of those people who read all these books, got back out because I felt like the government took everything from me because the day they came and got me that at five in the morning, I had a hundred some thousand in my closet when I was going to go score that day. The government showed that they, I only had 30 some thousand. Yikes. So that's when I knew that this was a crooked system. So I felt like, okay, they stay the biggest gangsters. Okay. Let me, you know what I'm saying? That was stuck in my mind the whole time I'm in jail. I'm like, oh, see, I just going to rob me on top of taking me to jail. Right. Wow. So, so I saw that with my own two eyes. I saw that I I, I would have loved if they would put all the money that they took from me on my on my paperwork. You know, when I got booked, but it was only thirty something thousand. So that right there has set a vendetta in me. Like, now did it come out since they want to do? You know, so I'm about to come back out and get my scratch back up. And right. and unfortunately, through the process, I got back out, and I did get back into the game and I shot back up quick again. And at this time, you you bring on new, you know, when, when when you live in a different life, you bring on a lot of enemies and haters throughout your process. Right. And the turning point came, Joseph, was when I was in a home invasion when somebody tried to come in and rob me. 
Uh, me and my ex-wife was in in the home at this time, and these guys didn't know I was there. And I got into a, um, I got shot eight times that night, and I shot somebody wow. four times that night. And my ex-wife got shot six times. Wow. Yeah. You're a miracle. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll glory to God, man. And just to give significance on that, I'm, I'm expanding more on that in my book, too. But I, but that night, I, I gave honor to God before I even got shot. We said our prayers that night. It was a whole process. Even though I was doing these things into the streets, I still had my faith. I still mm -hmm. had the process. I knew where I come from. I, I knew God was real. But these was the things that I never had a job in my life. So I jumped out and got back into something that I knew that I was focused on. So in the process of me getting shot in 2008, I still, you know, doing that process of rehealing and stuff like that. Like right now, I got a rod in my leg, a plastic rod, but you'll never know I've been shot, you know. So in that process of rehealing and going back through that process, I got back into the game again. So let me tell you the turning point or where I'm at now while we're on this interview was because after two years, while I was on federal papers. Two years after that, they found out they they started questioning and following the people who who um, they thought shot me and they wanted me to come in and give a statement um, to the police. And I didn't. So they called my federal probation officer and said, hey, can you get Robert to come in and, and and talk to us? And she probably said, what for? What for? Oh, he got shot two years ago. He got shot because I told my federal probation officer them I got in a car accident because I was on crutches. And I was wow. on all, and I was I was on narcotics mess medicine, so I was taking drug tests. So I lied at that time because I didn't want to go to jail for have, being around a firearm. But I was right. in my, I was protecting myself. But I'm not knowing that I was in the right. So mm -hmm. when they found out two years forward in 2010, man, they violated me as I got pulled over. I'm not knowing I'm violated. I got pulled over by the po Houston Police Department for speeding or something, and they said, you got a federal warrant. Wow. Federal warrant, man. But this is where the turning point comes. As I went through that process right there, I got went, went back to prison. So when I went to jail, I got out, but the judge ended up sentencing me. I had three years of federal papers left. The judge said, man, you've been through too much. You've been shot. And he said, I'm surprised you didn't kill those guys. Like, he was making a joke out of it. Like, I don't see people get shot eight times and still be allowed to tell their story. Wow. wow. And it's the same judge that sentenced me at the beginning of my career when I got sentenced at 22. And that that's the, in the federal system. If you get sentenced from a judge, that you stick with the same judge as he's still there. Like, if you catch a new case, you're going back to that same judge. Okay. Mm -hmm. So four years later, he saw me again and said, man. You've been through too much, man. You, you know, you survived this. I don't, you know, he said, I'm going to sentence you to nine months federal prison, man. He said, I can give you five years because you was on five-year papers and I had three years left. Man, that man gave me nine months. Wow. Nine months, man. And the turning point came was they sent me to the wrong prison. They sent me to a maximum prison where people with five and eight life sentences and killers. And this prison was called Bloody Beaumont. And Beaumont is a, is a small town outside of Houston where I buy a lot of houses at right now. 
I, I got a bigger portfolio. How did, send you, how did they send you to the wrong? I mean, it was like the wrong paperwork or they purposely sent you there or. Man, let me tell you, because in Beaumont, it's a it's a it's a federal camp where it's no fence. It's a low facility. It's a medium facility and it's a maximal facility. I supposed to went back to the federal camp where I came from because I ain't wow. catch no I ain't catch no new charge. I just got violated. So when I got to the maximum prison and they saw my paper, it was like, man, you don't belong here, man. You came from the camp. What you doing over here? You ain't catching no new case or anything. You, you just on a violation. So the people, you know, when you check into the prison, you go through the process. They said, man, we're going to put you we're going to put you in protective custody and, and put you back through the process to go back through the system. Then I said, man, I only got nine months. I'm going to be here the whole time. He said, probably. And I said, what can I do? So I was able to sign a paper or whatever to stay on that compound because I didn't want to go to PC, mean protected custody, because my level isn't supposed to be at that prison. Man, that was the biggest turning point because when I went to that prison, you know, I'm at a maximum prison where you can't even see outside. The walls are 20-foot tall. You got eight towels around. You got moguls driving around with guns and all this stuff. You got bar wars throughout the prison. It's sectioned off. It's sectioned off. And in the process, I end up becoming friends with this guy who had the most time in the prison, man. Wow. He was, he was down 23 years when I met him at the time. He was like 63 years old. He was a big-time drug dealer. And this guy became the guy who changed my whole paradigm because wow. we started on the track every day, Joseph. He was telling me about his life, but he knew I was fresh in now, so he wanted to walk with me every day after lunch and talk about the world. He wanted me to tell him about the world every day. And I was sometimes trying to dodge this guy because he wanted to do it every day. I'm like, man, I'm trying to chill. But I'm not knowing God is putting me on this process to talk to this man. Wow. So he he's sharing his lifestyle about how his kids only came seeing him on five ends. Five hands. He'd been locked up 23 years. So I guess he took upon me as like a son figure or something. He was like, he fresh in, you know, young. So I say this word all the time now, the process. I know you do. I was going to ask you about that. It was because of him. It was because of the guy with the eight life sentences in 100 years. Wow. I was, I was telling him about the books I was reading when I was in prison first time. And I told him when I got out, I got back in the drug gang, and that's all I knew. And he said, man, why why don't you go out there and start start life with, with the process? Because I told him I want to pursue real estate and stocks. He said, man, go out there and start. Because he gave me this analogy that I, I keep with me. He said, life is like a sandwich. I'm like, how is that? He said, because when you get the bread, you got to take the bread. It's a process to go get the bread. He said, you might want mayonnaise or mustard on your bread. Then he said, you might want turkey or bologna. Then he said, you might want cheese. Then he said, you might want lettuce and tomatoes. And he said, when you put the other bread on, he said, it was a process to make that sandwich, right? I said, yeah. He said, if you go out there in life, out the back into the world and start at the bottom, put your mayonnaise and your mustard on, meaning go through your steps. And he said, eventually you're going to put the bread on. And as you go through these processes, you're going to complete the sandwich. Wow. You know, I, it didn't resonate with me all that at the time. But he kept on making sense, though, because he said, man, I made millions of dollars and I got millions 
hidden in storages and buried. But I won't even tell my kids because he, he was bitter because they only came to see him five times in wow. 23 years. Think about it. Son and daughter, they haven't came and saw me. And he said, on five years, I can count, man. So that stuck with me. I'm like, dang, your own kids could turn against you just because you locked up for life? Wow. So all these things resonated on me, man. You know, I I, I watched this guy because he stayed in my dorm. And the feds is, is two men to a cell. And when the door is open, you got to be up on your on your inside. On, you got to be up, have your shoes on because somebody can come in and just stab you while you sleep or whatever. You know, somebody could be having a bad day. And I used to watch this guy whole nine months I was there, I watched this guy, man, how he eat, how he watch TV. He watched TV with his back against the wall. He takes showers with his boots on. You know, he ain't for letting nobody come in there and just catch him slipping and fall. You know what I'm saying? I'm right. like, man, I can't, I, can't, I can't live life like this. Right, right. And it's fascinating how you gain so much wisdom from a life sentence prisoner. And I think people write things off you know, whether it's a homeless guy or whether it's, you know, something that seems useless or or lack of value, really, there could be that hidden gold, right? Mm-hmm. And right. you know that real estate, you know, people look at houses and they're like, oh, that house needs to be demolished. But mm-hmm. you see value, you see purpose, you see opportunity when people don't see that. So right. it comes down to perspective and it comes down to Again, you got to look for what you're looking for because when you find it, you'll you'll notice it. But people pass by wisdom. They pass by opportunity so easily. And it's so important to have perspective. And so you talk about process all the time. I love watching your stories and your Instagram. You talk about process, process, process. And so many people are committed to the outcome or the money or the equity. Uh, and you talk about process. So uh, go on that a little bit more about process and what that what that really means for your life and how and how you got to where you are now. Absolutely, what does process mean to you, man. Process mean to me that every day we wake up is a process to go out there and continue our journey. You know, you can have five million dollars, but you still got to go through a process in life because once you get in that car, nobody know who you are. You know what I'm saying? It's a process to drive to the title company. It's a process to drive to go work out. You know, you got to go through lights. You got to go through traffic. You know, the process is about it's going to be roadblocks. You know, that's why I always tell people you got to continue to process no matter what life brings at, at you, even in a relationship. It's a process when you you in a relationship. You got to continue to process that woman just because we married on me. I could just just still do the same thing. I got to process you. Maybe I got to surprise you. I got to create a you know i got to create these visions and and show you that i'm in in perspective with my goals to lead you and in life i wake up every day because i've been shot you know i've been shot eight times i've been stabbed twice by my ex-wife you know what i'm saying three times right here and i got stabbed right here so life for me is waking up saying that okay today is going to be a, a wonderful process because i'm not knowing what the life what is going to bring me as I leave out my door. So you got to continue to go through a process daily to, to navigate people, to navigate, you know, haters online. You got to go through process every day, whether it's dealing with your tenants, you got to go through process or dealing with coworkers or 
uh, partners and stuff like that. It's a process when you start a new development. You got to wait for permits. You got to be patient. It can rain. Oh, man, it's part of the process. You got to be patient. And Chris and taught me that because patience was the whole process. I had to wait. I had to be patient using a phone. Every time I it was a phone line, I bring my book, read my book as I'm going through the phone line to go to child. Child was a whole lot. They go by dorms. I got to wait to go eat, um, to go to visitation. You got to go to visitation. It was a process. You got to unzip. They, you got to bend over, make sure, you know what I'm saying? Everything was a process for me in prison um, for even taking a shower. You got to wait. It's a process. Okay. Uh-huh. Hey, I got that. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm number five for the shower. I'm calling out the number I'm for the shower. It was a process. Everything, hey. man. You know, so that's why I look at life, everything, because I, I start thinking about how it's guys right now walking the track in federal prison. They processing, they thinking, they visualizing. So that's why I, I took that metaphor and use it for my life in this real estate. Talking with you, being part of this, this Zoom, it's a process. We planted a seed. When I met you, man, when I met you, man, I was just, I was able, I said, it was a process because I had fear of flying because when mm. I went to the feds, I used to fly all over the world before I went to the feds, but the feds did this on purpose. When, when I was, when they were transporting us from Houston and took us to Oklahoma, we was on a federal U S Marshall plane. So when we left, they was playing with us. We shackled feet, man. They was going up and down like this, just dropping us. And all the marshals on the plane laughing. With everybody that was, it was a lot of people from all around the world getting transported to Oklahoma. It's a transit unit. And we shocked couldn't do nothing. So that automatically gave everybody fear that was on that plane. I don't know if it was part of the process or what, but that had me fear. So when I met you in Miami, I took a leap of faith to get over fear. So that's when I started spending uh, money on my personal development. That's why I met you in Miami. And my journey continued from that. You I know? love it. I love it. And I just love your story, man. I love your heart. I love your mindset. This is so great. So when you think back on your teenage years, you were hanging out with guys older than you, guys that mm-hmm. were selling drugs, guys that were hustling, guys mm-hmm. that were, you know, criminals, really. Right. So fast forward to today, talk to me about some of the guys that you hang around today. What are they doing? What is your what is your circle of friends look like? Your environment. Tell me who you're who you're hanging out with. Oh man, man, glory to God, man. Um, got some wonderful people that I met along my journey. Mentors, man. Um, one of my mentors, man, R.I.P. to him, is a guy. It's named the White Lavin House. Um, the White Lavin House was a guy that owned half of the hood in my community, and. You can you can judge it. Sometimes you can be judgmental on people and not even knowing who you run it up on. It's like in the 48 laws of power. Never, you know, um, never offend the wrong person. Man, this guy who became my mentor, he was cutting the grass. This man looked, he was a white guy, bald head, wrinkled shirt. You think he'll hillbilly or something, man. <laughs> man, I, you know, I drove up so cut big yard. I'm like, hey, sir. Do you know who owned this, man? I've been trying to find them. And he started laughing, you know. And I'm like, yeah, man, if you can give me their number, man, I'll give you $100 when I close the deal, you know. 
man, not knowing this was the owner. Wow. And, and this guy, you know, people like him, I got to I got to share him first because out of all the people I have met, that was the guy that gave me that shift. I'm like, OK, I right, when you wealthy, it ain't no look. Exactly. You, know, you come as as you are. You know, and that was the that was a a shift for me to like, man, let me back up because I'm never knowing who is who now in this world. You know, mm-hmm. and a drug dealer and all that, you, you want to be impressing, you want to have on all the jury and all the latest things and stuff like that, as just showing the mentality you have. But this guy was the first guy I met of influence of somebody that was of that owned the whole community, over 300 houses. Wow. And over 300 houses and he owned over, he had so much pieces of land in the community on the main boulevards and stuff. And after two years of just follow-ups with this guy, this is the guy who gave me one of my biggest opportunities because I started selling a lot of his land. I started wholesaling two pieces of land at a time for him. And this is the guy who turned around and started selling me houses at 25000 each. And he the one who impacted me, you know, to see things different. But from that guy, Joseph, I started meeting a lot of wonderful people because of my mindset. You know, I always thought about the process. I got a mentor right now that own over 30 McDonald's franchises um, around from Houston to Indiana. Uh, I got, you know, I met billionaires, Tim and Fatita from Houston, Houston Rockets. Um, I go to his hotel, his five-star hotel in Houston all the time. It's called Post Oak Hotel. Know him personally. Uh, just by my process, you know what I'm saying? I think I got a video on there where he's signing my goals. He signed he signed my goals in my journal. You know what I'm saying? I read his book and he had a, a journal that came from the book. And I, I go to his hotel. I'm a member at this hotel and I had him to sign my, my book, not just on no fan stuff, but he respected my process because he said, man, every time I see you on the phone, you doing, you know what I'm saying? Like people respect the process. Yes, sir. And, and I ended up meeting Bob Proctor before he died. I went to his event and I told, I, I showed Bob Proctor my Instagram from way back in 2010 or something. I posted on now that I was going to meet Bob Proctor. Wow. And I met, I met Bob Proctor in 2019, went to his event and he was able to take a photo with me. And I showed him he was happy. So I said, man, I manifested you, sir. Look, I showed up my Instagram. I said, look, man, I posted you eight years ago. I love it. And on my Instagram, it showed that I showed him on YouTube because I was reading about him in prison. I told him that, too. I said, I was reading your books in prison, man. And look where I met. And he was proud of me, man. That was that was very significant um, impact for me. And throughout the time and. You know, just meet various people, man, that have impacted my circle of influence, man. And and, you know, some people can meet people as fans, but I met these people as as them, as as, you know, knowing Tim and Fatita. Um, of course, I met you at the Grant Carlone event, but he go to Tim and Fatita Hotel all the time in Houston. So, he know, I'm a member there. So I got to build a relationship with him as well because he see how I operate. You know, um, yeah. I bring a lot, of, a lot of my good clients and people who I'm doing business with to that hotel. And man, just throughout this journey, man, I, I I get to come across some fascinating people, especially once they see my delivery of how, I sh- you know, you know, not just sharing my story is not a badge of honor, first and foremost, but just just how I operate around people. And, you know, I respect people as they are, because you got to think about it. I'm not fascinated by people. They celebrities or billionaire status, because in prison, 
everybody's spending the same spending limit. Everybody is equal. Mm. I don't care if you're a trillionaire. You, you can't go to commissary and buy more than me. You can't be on the phone longer than me. Everybody got 300 minutes in now. You got to wait for that shower. You got to wait to eat just like me. So that's how my mindset is now. You know, I respect people, but I'm not just to go all out of my way, you know, so. Right. right. So, yeah, man, been an interesting journey, man, with the type of people like this Chinese lady who very impactful in my life right now. She's from China and she one of my private lenders. I met her when I got out of prison, when I when I um, I didn't tell you the story real fast. I know we talk about the people I met, but this lady is very impactful in my life because everybody don't know how to you know, water a relationship. They just see somebody with money and just instantly go out the money. Sometimes you just got to relax before you go for the money. You got to find out about them. You got to find, you know, you got to season them. You got to water them. And I, prison gave me patience. this process. Patience. Yeah, yeah, patience. And man, this woman, man, thought, you know, she saw my vision, man. And this lady is very impactful. She she built a $40 million fortune in, in the United States uh, with real estate. And this woman is like a, a best friend to me in the lender. And this lady not only came and saw me in prison when I violated, like, wow. like I was out. Man, I'm about to give you a twist on the story, too. When I went to prison and got out, met the guy with the eight life sentences, and I changed my life, I got, I ended up joining with my one of my mentors, this guy who I called Trump. I saw his vision way back then. That's why I started calling him Trump, even even not to be with, you know, to be political. But I read a lot of those books and I started calling this guy Trump because this guy built the he I saw his vision. And this and people don't understand when you have a white and black guy, a white uh, Mexican or some in this business, you build diversity. You open up doors for many homeowners and people to see, like, you know, a different perspective. Sure. We we dominated. We buy ugly houses. I don't know if they got them out there in Florida, but the big bill billboards, the caveman, oh, yeah. yeah. we buy ugly houses. I ran a franchise for this guy because he saw my purpose. He saw my hustle. I'm the one start running his franchise for him when I got out of prison. I made this guy so many millions, Joseph. And in the process, being a part of that company gave me access to so many people, man, because it was a national company, um, national, one of the largest home buying franchises in the world. Everybody franchise was independently owned. So this will gave me access to also to a lot of people of influence, too. You know, so that, that opened doors for me to be a part of a lot of other people. And and I, I, I wore those shirts. That's why I got my own company. That's why I wear a different color shirt. We buy houses and land every day because I learned they model. I learned how to, mm -hmm. you know, take pieces from this national company and bring it into my business now. So being with that part of the company, man, of his franchise really opened up doors as well, even though I got minimized or paid, like super minimized. But the education was there. The your net worth equals or is equated to your network, right? Absolutely. And so people should take from that that how to develop friendship how to develop connection how to treat people how you want to be treated respect mm -hmm. all of that is so valuable because as you've experienced it's not always what you know it's who you know Thanks. and 
I love it. I love it. So I think you should, uh, I'm glad you're writing a book, but I can see a movie. I can see a movie about your life and man, it's amazing. So I know you do a little bit of motivational speaking. So Mm -hmm. tell me a little Mm -hmm. bit about that. When you go out, is there a certain demographic or age group that's close to your heart that you like to pour into? Man, by the grace of God, Joseph, man, I just spoke in colleges. I just spoke in middle schools. Man, I've done a lot of interviews, you know, with different people, man. Uh, and I, the demographics don't matter. It's just, you know, because I speak it with them different demographics, whether it's Hispanic, whether it's, it's, it's black, whether it's white. I'm just using my purpose to go where people embrace me to come. You know, I spoke at a college out here several times called Prairie View University in Houston and uh, Western Prairie View, but it's out here in Texas. Um, I spoke at several middle schools because I build up because I, I, I get I, I like to pour into the young, young world, uh, especially people that grow up with dads and in those demographics where people may be lacking leadership. You know, it's not a lot of great dads like you that's that kids lose focus. So I like to be into where, where those schools at where where it's just, you know, and you could tell when kids are on a wrong path early because they don't have that leadership. So I like to go into there and plant those seeds to those type of kids as well, because I can relate to them. Right. You know, I can relate to them and um, I plant these seeds and let them know where I come from. And when people find out I've been shy, be like, come on, man. And and these kids listen, because I, st- I got a lot of kids from middle school and all that following me on Instagram, be inboxing me. And, you know, that's why I share my purpose. If I ain't never share my purpose, people wouldn't know what I do or people would know. That's why, I, you know, social media is a gift and a curse in a, in a way, because you can really let the world know what you're doing. And I'm not one of these guys since I lived a flamboyant life and lost it all. My whole metaphor is that I'm never trying to impress, but the press upon is possible. Wow. Wow. You know, I love so, it. absolutely. So on the topic of dads and fathers, the importance of that, what would your wisdom be to, to the dads out there that have children that are pouring into them? Like we could go on about this for a while, but if you had to summarize it into a few sentences, why is fatherhood so important? And what is our role in that? Man. Great question, man. Man, I just had my first little girl. Um, oh, wow. Okay, yeah. I didn't know. Congratulations. Yeah, Thank you, man. She five months. Wow. Five months, man. Um, and for the longest, I I got nine nieces and nephews. Hold on, my brother got five. My sister got four. I got 11 nieces and nephews. So I saw that process. Then when I was in prison, I saw this process, you know, a lot of dads in here, right? Then now for 2023, I just had my first daughter. Wow. So I got I got a mixture of all these processes. I saw how important a dad is to their kids, how the data influence, you know, because most people at school, that's why I got influenced by my brother. My dad wasn't just no that type of dad that I can look up to and get, you know, I was influenced by my brother. So dads are very important. Now it's the, it's, it's the, we are, you know, we are the preparation for them. 
you know, we are the leaders to 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 plant the seeds in their spiritual life, plant the seeds in their finance, like plant the seeds until, you know, to share them our mistakes about life. You know what I'm saying? And that's a very impactful process for these kids, especially that I got my daughter, because I can't wait to tell her all my stories and the things that I was into so she can understand and be like, and be fascinated. That's what I got countless journals. I got about seven journals right there. I got journals over here where I wrote in prison and I journal every day, you know, just so she can understand life from a better perspective. You know what I'm saying? So being a dad is a very impactful role, man. I never knew until I, I knew it, a little bit of it. But now that I got a daughter, I'm like, man, what can I do better, more of? You know, I'm 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 taking away certain things that I used to like to do. You see what I'm saying? I'm yes, sacrificing. Sir. Look, this how this this how this how impactful a role of a father is. My daughter was gonna go to daycare starting next month. But I said in my spirit, I said, man, my daughter too young. I got, I'm in real estate, man. I don't gotta wake up and punch no clock. I'm gonna watch my daughter every day because I don't want her to go to daycare right now. I, I give her a few more months or something. Not right now. You see Obviously. what I'm saying? Yes, Just sir. because I wanna, I wanna end. You know, I'm, I'm so. I, I got a book called A Power Subconscious Mind. I'm giving her. I'm planning subconscious things in my daughter mind early. So I believe that's very impactful. So that's why I'm committed to watch my daughter for the whole next month and the next two months or whatever it may be, just because that 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 seed that's sprouting is very impactful for her to see that, to know she had a loving father to go through that process. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. So for the people listening that have a dark past, right? A past they're not proud of, a past they're ashamed of. Maybe they mm-hmm. were in sin or they were in crime or whatever it is, or mm-hmm. they just have past mistakes like we all do, but they haven't made that mental shift, right? To, right. to pursue greatness, right? They right. think their past has to keep them limited right. and average and just nine to five, whatever. They might have goals and dreams, but they right. think because of their past, you know what? I'm that guy. I made those mistakes. I'm really not made for greatness. I think your story, Robert, takes away all excuses for people that use their past to limit their future. So what would your message be to those people that have a dark past, but they want to do more in the future? Man, you know, that's a great question, man, because a lot of people get caught up on that. There's a lot of people in real estate right now come to me behind the scenes like, man, I, I wish I could just share and you share about your past, you know, freely, you know, freely. I said, man, it's just like in the Bible, you know, God talks about that. You know, you got to renew your mind, you know, don't dwell on the things from the past, but renew your mind with the things in front of you. You know, and the Bible talks about all the stories of how Saul came in and killed people and this and that. And he became one of God's greatest disciples and leaders. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of stories from people disobeying God, but he used them through the story to illustrate greatness. You know, the Bible is, it shows you that he, you know, on the cross, um, Jesus forgave a man on the cross because he, you know, he confessed. So people with these passes get caught up of what they think people is going to think of them. Man, if people, if people ain't for you, man, those people ain't for you, man. But God come to give us life. 
and more abundantly. So we have to be focused on now. The past is just a testimony because now you're going to be able to share your process with people. That's why I'm glad I learned about the process because once you come from this past and you out in this world, you able to you able to look back and now you can kind of see your trend. You can see what you can do better, you know, from back then. You know, so everybody go through a moment in life. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's police officers I know that said, man, hey, man, I respect your process because I just did a deal with a police officer, right, from the community. It's on my Facebook. It's on my Facebook that I did a deal with a Houston police officer. I started, we collaborated because he under, he, he knew where I came from. He knew I'm from South Park. He knew I've been to the feds. But he said, bro, you so motivated. It's a lot of police officers following me on Instagram. And we we did a real estate deal together. And he was in his uniform when we did the deal, man. We uh-huh. closed on the house together. And and I share processes with different police officers on how to, if you patrol in the hood, man, you 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 supposed to be looking for houses as you on that city time. I'm gonna show you absolutely, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So, man, you can't let your past stop you. I just did a deal with a police officer. You know what I'm saying? I just I just spoke at a high school with some federal agents, some people from the U.S. Department of Justice, Department of Justice or whatever like that. Because of my background, they they said, man, you're going to be able to bless a lot of kids because of where you come from. And you learned forgiveness. You didn't have bitterness. You got rid of anger. You got rid of all the character traits that you might have had or might have been entitled to in your mind, whether it was the police, the prison system, whatever it was, what a testimony to have that come full circle. First, they're locking you up. Now you're locking them up a deal, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Help, absolutely. Helping them build wealth. That's powerful. Yes. Powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. Yes. Man, you turned you turned your pain to purpose and your minister your misery to ministry. So absolutely incredible. It's incredible. Absolutely. So what book are you reading right now? Man, I read the book, Finding the Leader Within You. It's okay. called In Charge. It's, I got it in my truck. Every, every time I, it's, it's from Dr. Miles Monroe. Miles Monroe is, uh, he, he's deceased now, but he was a, um, a very, man, well-breast guy on just knowledge. And yes. I, got a, I got a lot of books on leadership. No, I mean, not leadership, but making money, thinking, grow rich, all that stuff. But sometimes we have to continue to build ourselves to be better leaders, you know. So that's why I read leadership books, because, you know, I'm a building under construction. Just because I read a book doesn't mean I'm going to be a great leader. I got to continue to work on myself and 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 read inside the minds of other leaders to get these processes, because we all fall short of the glory. You know what I'm saying? Every king, president, you know, everybody feels some sort of from short of glory in a process in life. You know what I'm saying? So I stick to what things that I can do to continue to work on myself, because just because I went to prison and learned and changed my life don't mean that I ain't going to face other challenges in the future. Right. right. You, you can't know? can't hit cruise control. You didn't arrive like life is a process all the way to death. Right. Constant improvement, constant learning, constant growth, taking the lessons that we're given to better ourselves, our marriages, our fatherhood. It's it's if you pursue greatness, 
the pursuit never ends. Right, right. I love it. Absolutely. So, so yeah, Joseph, man, I'm I'm just grateful, man. Right now at these moments, man, um, I got a daughter. You know, I've been married before, and I'm looking to, you know, align this process so that I can build better fruit. You know, that that old Robert no longer exists. A lot of people right. don't accept it with me. They don't even. Some people can't even understand me right now. Then it was like, who are you, bro? Like, right. I ain't got time to explain myself because that was the old, now it's the new. You might not know. I don't go to the same places I used to go. I don't dress how I used to dress. I don't, you know, so a lot of things in my perspective has changed to give honor and glory to God. I'm a, you know, so I'm I'm looking to be not just influential, inf inf just to be influential in my community, but influential in my home too. That's just yes, the home, you know, yes. so. That's what I'm working on, brother. And that and that verse about being transformed, you're talking about the old you wouldn't recognize the new you. You've been transformed. And that verse says, like you said, that you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so yes. your mind is a fruitful, growing, lush garden, right? That's constantly yes. pruning and adding more value and more color and vibrancy and knowledge and relationships and Man, right. I'm so honored. I'm so honored that we met those years ago. I'm honored to be on this call with you and just watch you. I, I watch you on social media. And man, you're real. You're down to earth. And God is uh using you, as you know. Amen. Amen. And I just appreciate I appreciate your vulnerability. I appreciate your ability to to let people see into your life because it's very inspiring. And it really should show others that they too can choose greatness, be a great father, be a great man. You know, we need great men. We need strong men. And I know you're at the gym. I know you're working on your body, your mind, everything. Absolutely. And you're a great example, Robert, of a, of a strong man, a man of greatness, and now a father of greatness. So congratulations Absolutely. on that. And I just, man, thank you. I'm grateful. So thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Now, nah, thank you, man. Like I said, Joseph, man, you know, through this process, we we met, but it was a process. Look, we're on the interview now. We it took it took time. Nothing you can meet somebody today or tomorrow, and you might not do business with them. Might be two, three years later. It's a process. It's the sandwich starting at the bottom, putting it together. Then it's gonna That's come fine. back. Yeah, to you. vision is important because just because you have a bad day. That doesn't change the vision. That doesn't change the goal. It's a right. process. You're going to have bad days. You're going to have bad moments. You're right. going to make mistakes. But right. if you have that vision in front of you, that goal, like you do, written down, right? you just don't quit. You don't quit. No, no, no. Man, I even get really sometimes, trust me, just you can have your stuff written down. You can have it on. on I, I got my, my goals on the wall. You know wow. Every day, every day, and you can have all that stuff written, but you still gonna go through life, life challenges. Right, right. You know, it's just part of the life. You're gonna go through relationships, situations. You're gonna go through deals falling out. You're gonna go through people around you that you thought was your friends, but they just trying to get up under you to learn out what you got. You see what I'm saying? Right. You got to go through all these things in life. You ain't a zip just because we serve God, or you might serve Allah. And by the way, I ain't sure this. When I was in prison, 
I had time to indulge into other religions to, to, to understand them. I was Muslim for a year. I used to hang with the Buddhists. I used to hang with the atheists. I used to hang with the Indian tribe. You see what I'm saying? I got to eat with these people to understand them from their perspectives of religions. That's why I'm a spiritual being now, because we ain't exempt from life. But as I said, we just got to go through the process, continue to trust whoever your spiritual, you know, um, how power is. You know, stay stay in, in, you know, surrounded with people like yourself. And it's important because I, I salute you. I'm more excited about meeting people like yourself than going to a Grant Cardone event. Because if you had a family and a wife and you took the time to invest in yourself to go to an event in Miami where you got your family at home, that means you wanted something better for your life and your family. Right. Right. Process. Right. Part of the process. Absolutely. Pursuing, pursuing greatness is not easy, but life isn't easy and no. it's possible. Right. Greatness is possible. Absolutely. You have, to, you have to embrace that process and understand that. And I'm sure that's what a lot of the, the books you read help you understand that what that journey is like so that when you get punched in the face, life punches you in the face. You take a moment, you take a deep breath, and you get up the next day. You keep fighting. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, nobody can make you quit but yourself. So, yes, yes, that's that's true. That's true. Sometimes I get up, Joseph, and just want to, you know, sometimes I like, you know, you know, I force myself sometimes, like, when I don't want to go work out, I'll be like, man, ain't nobody around. I'm going working out, but my mind will kick in, like, man, you. Man, you be obsessed and be average. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You got to keep yourself accountable. You have to build your build confidence in yourself through doing what you say you're going to do, following through. Right. And it, it builds. It builds over time. Right. So, man, you're absolutely that, Robert. You're you're uh, you're a bright light in this world. I wish you so much success with your daughter and your journey, man. And I just I would encourage you to just keep speaking your message, keep speaking the wisdom that you have. I'm so excited to uh, read your book. Hopefully pretty soon, I will definitely be a customer of your book. And uh, I'm excited to share this episode with those listening. So continue process. Absolutely, man. And thank you for having me on your podcast, man. I hope I was of value to the people out there. And I I just want to share a book that changed my life uh, that a lot of people don't get a chance to read this book. Um, this book I gave, I think I gave, I gave it to somebody, but it's it's uh, the law. Oh, it's downstairs. It's the laws, the laws of success by Napoleon Hill. Everybody read this Think and Grow Rich book, Joseph. Yep. But it's a book called The Laws of Success. The Laws of Success is like five hundred something pages. I got to read that book in prison, man. Wow. That book, the one I read that book by, I was called the book, man. I used to circulate books in prison, but that book was the one that gave me the art of the process more. My wow. salesmanship, the way, the way I wear my clothes, the way I, I just go about life. But if people take the time to read that book, man, you'll see different things in your life manifest. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Robert. This was great. Absolutely. I'm excited to share this. I'll let you know when it's published. And okay. uh, 
I know the listeners just got just got blasted with uh inspiration. I know they're they're thinking, right? That's right, what I'm, right. I'm I got <laughs> I'm trying to write some notes here without looking down, you know, but right, right. I would try to get some notes too so I can share it to some of my people as well so they can see right. the process as well, man. So trust me, you you've been of value to me just just having me thinking like today. I call my pro team and and I always call my pro team in the morning to start my day. It's like a ritual, it's like a need, you know, every day so that I can just have my mind process, man, because you know. Right here is just coming off what I feel, not trying. It ain't scripted. It's just right. who I am. So right. I, I, I'm grateful for you, man. Like, honestly, I, I, I thank God, man, just just for connections and people. And if yeah. I can never be, if I can ever be a value for my end resources, man, please let me know, man. I, I w- it would be an honor. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to hopefully connecting with you sometime in person soon and uh, just be blessed and keep blessing others. And uh, I appreciate you, Robert. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time and hope your listeners have a wonderful, blessed day, man. Absolutely. Have a good weekend, sir. Thank you, brother. All right. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Fathers of Greatness podcast. If this has inspired you, please be sure to share it with three to five people. Until next time, thanks for listening.